How's everyone doing? Good? All right, I'm not going to keep you too long. I love that we have the sermon title down below when you drive up so you can kind of get a sense for what uh, pastor or anyone else is sort of speaking on. Um, so if you got a chance to take a look at it, you might know. But if you didn't, uh, what we're going to talk about today is how to wait when God seems slow. The whole focus today is how to wait when God seems slow. If you need to stand up for a second and stretch, I will call you out if you're sleeping today. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sundays are long. So, waiting. How many of you would consider yourselves to be patient? Don't raise your hands. Just in your mind, think about if you consider yourself to be a patient person. Think about that. I know that our, these little devices have created monsters. Um, I am one of them. Because... If you have an iPhone, with your text message, if somebody is texting you back, what do you, what do you see? You see three little dots, right? And that tells you that they have seen the message and are likely are responding at that moment, right? What happens when they don't respond? I'm looking for instant responses. So if, you text, if I text you at 12.05, I want to see a text by 12.06. No. Um, as soon as possible, you want someone to text you. Now, what happens when somebody doesn't text you? And I'm actually guilty of this at work sometimes. You know, you can't always text people back. You're busy, and you wait until later, and then or later you forget, um, and then you end up never texting somebody back. But the question for you guys today is, what about when you've asked God for something, and you've texted God, and you felt like he has not returned your text? How do we rest assured that God is, in fact, working? Is he working? Did he ignore you? Um, and where are you with that waiting process? So we're going to talk a little bit about some people who waited or had to wait, and we're going to look at some other just areas in Scripture where it talks about waiting, and then I think we can look at some practical implications for what we can do. Sound good? All right. So my first point is that waiting is critical and is an essential part of the Christian faith. Waiting is a critical part of the essential faith. How do I know that? Well, there's lots of examples in the Bible that talk about waiting. Uh, and there's a lot of people in the Bible who are examples of those who had to wait. So if you feel like you have not heard from God and God hasn't texted you back, well, you're not alone. One person in particular, his name is Joseph. And Joseph was sold into slavery. If you look at Genesis chapter 37, I'm not going to read that one. That won't be our main text. We'll just kind of look at a couple of people. But if you look at Genesis, when you have some time, go read the story. It's fascinating. But Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery. And he, if some of you know the story, he ends up serving in Potiphar's house at some point, gets in trouble because Potiphar's wife comes for him, and he then gets accused and has to go into jail. And then eventually he rises to become the second-in-command king of Egypt. And why? Because he's able to interpret a dream. But do you know that from the time that he was sold until that time that he was in command, do you want to know how many years that was? Thirteen. Thirteen years. So when we're sitting here like, God, you didn't text me back today, it doesn't mean that God's not working. Sometimes our waiting process isn't today, it's not tomorrow, but God takes some time. Why? Because he's working things out for our good. Or he's taking us through things because it's building up our character. Somebody else who waited, David, for example, he waited a certain number of years to become king. Does anybody have any idea how many years? Fifteen. 
Yep, 15 to become king. King in particular, right, from the moment he was called, not necessarily his birth age. And if you remember when they were looking for a king in particular, they didn't really look at David because he didn't seem like the likely candidate. They were looking at his brother Eliab. And that's when um, it's noted in scripture that God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the exterior. Another person who had to wait, or two people who had to wait, Abraham and Sarah. Before they were Abraham and Sarah. Guess how long they had to wait to bear a son? They waited, they were old, but how many in particular uh, around that bearing the son was actually 25? Look, that's trivia today. But they were well above childbearing age, right? And we'll get to this later, but what did they do in the meantime while they waited? Did they wait patiently? No. So we'll, we'll touch on that later. What happens when you decide to put matters into your own hands? Jesus and his ministry. We were just talking about this this morning. In John chapter 2, we see that Jesus is at Jesus is at a wedding. He's asked to turn water into wine. And what does Jesus say? He mentions that it's not the appointed time. So Jesus waiting 30 years for his ministry, to begin his ministry. One more waiting. And again, there's so many people who have waited in scripture, so we could spend hours here, but I won't bore you. But one more person who waited, which would be Moses, waited in the wilderness for 40 years. Again, waiting. There's, there's people who've had to wait. And again, why is waiting a part of the Christian faith? Well, it's something that God has, has made us do. Why? Because, again, it's for our good. It's for the purpose of God working something out in particular. And he has a plan in which he is trying to accomplish, right? And we don't always see what that plan is. And I know it can be hard and difficult because it seems like our timing is not God's timing. And it's not, right? We know that the Bible tells us that. So, again, what does waiting involve? Waiting involves trust and hope. How do I know that? Let's look at Isaiah 40, 31. It should be a familiar one to you. And this text in particular, uh, if we look at Isaiah, it looks at hope and comfort of a blessed future subsequent to God's judgment um, in the forthcoming Babylonian captivity. So that's kind of what was happening there. What was being addressed was uh, God's prophet instructing them to emphasize this theme of comfort, which we'll see in, in verse 1 if you read chapter 40 of Isaiah. And that God had good plans for a great blessing to Israel in the future because they are his covenant people who are never to be permanently cast away. Okay, so let's read it. It says, and I'm going to read the ESV, so that's going to be different than this version, and I'm going to read two other versions because I love when you study. It's kind of, it's great to be able to read things side by side. And if any of you guys don't like to read your Bible, the physical copy, and you look online, Bible.com actually has a new feature where it's comparison. So you can read them side by side if you're ever studying and looking at uh, different versions. But anyway, let's get into it. Isaiah 40:31. It says this. Uh, this is the ESV version, and then I'm going to read a couple other versions. But it says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Okay, that was the ESV version. I want to read the NIV version, and it says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, and they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not go weary. Weary, excuse me. They will walk and not be faint. 
So waiting involves two elements, trust and hope. It's interesting that they use the word wait and those other versions are using hope and that there's other versions that actually you'll see the word trust. But waiting involves hope and trust, which really breaks down to one word, which you guys have heard me use this before, which is commitment. And if you're in my Sunday school class, uh, you might know this definition, but commitment is, being hang- is hanging around long enough to see God work it out. Hanging around long enough to watch God work it out. So your waiting involves trust and hope, which really equals commitment, to see God work it out for you. How many of you guys feel like you're waiting for God to do something in particular in your life? And you can actually raise your hand on this one. I feel like everyone. Probably two hands and then your legs should probably be up. Raise everything, right? Because I think we're all probably waiting for God to do something in, in our lives. Okay, so it involves those pieces. What is trust? It's that confidence, a firm belief. It's, it's a reliability and truth. Um, it's the ability or the strength of someone. So if we are trusting God, what are we saying to him? We're saying that God, we know that we can't see what is in the future, but we know that you are doing something in particular, and I'm going to put my hope, my firm belief in you, that you are a reliable God and you're going to do something to work this out. And that second one is hope, right? If you are hoping for something, what are you saying? You're basically saying that you desire for something to happen, that you have an expectation that something is going to happen. And if we know that God is a God of expectation, he's going to work it out. Does that always mean that it's what we want it to be? No. Okay. So when we look at trust, what does Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say? And I'm going to read this for you, and you probably know it once I start it. But it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Don't lean on your understanding. I'm guilty of this, but one other component of this waiting period and process has to do with not just taking your own thoughts and running with them, but letting God guide and lead you, and then also being able to partner with saints and have people who are accountability partners for you to help you in those moments. Have you ever been, you know, misery loves company, so when you're going through things, sometimes it's not always best to just go to people who are dealing, well, they could be dealing with the same thing, but not always seeking advice from people who um, may not be the best counselors. The next one is that hope, right? Romans 8:25 says, if we hope for what we don't see, what do we do? We wait for it patiently. So we are waiting for God to continue to move us, and we remember that that wait involves to trusting in faith that he's going to work it out, right? Um, and again, hope, which equals commitment, hanging around long enough to see God working through. All right. The next one is the idea of the renewed strength, right? So we just looked at um, Isaiah. The fact that our renewed strength comes from waiting on God. So our renewed strength, again, comes from waiting on God. As I mentioned before, that waiting is something that is a regular refrain for the Christian. It's something that we um, are just called to do. One place where we can see this is just in the Psalms, and we see this often, but Psalm 40, verse 1, it says, that I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. 
Isaiah 26, 8 is another one. And it just says that in the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. So our strength, our renewal, actually comes from the waiting process. That God renews us during the wait. So when we looked at Isaiah, those who wait on the Lord, that is how you, your strength gets renewed. Now that seems a little bit backwards, right? Um, how am I getting strength renewed by waiting? But the idea of renewal is the word repair. And that's that word that's used there. Um, it identifies something new in contrast or contrast to something old, if you're comparing those two. Um, God is the only one that makes things new. He gives us a new song, song, uh, according to Psalm 43. Um, he has a new phase in his plan of redemption, if we look at Isaiah 62. So again, God gives us renewed strength. Um, as we wait on him. Okay. Then it talks about uh, the fact that you will mount up with wings like eagles. Do you guys know the wingspan of an eagle, a bald eagle? Have any idea? It's almost eight feet. Um, that's not a small little tiny bird. Um, so when we think about that strength um, to mount up with these wings like eagles to be able to soar, they can fly at approximately 44 hours, uh, miles per hour. And when they dive into the water, it's actually, at, they can get up to 99 miles per hour. That's a, a fast bird. But when we think about that, we often think of eagles as small. And we don't realize that their wingspan is nearly that large. And that sort of renewed strength gives us the ability to soar. That God gives us that. Um, another thing is, is not being weary um, when you're running. Right? And obviously we're all, we have all have a race right now that we're running, right? Um, but the idea of running, anybody work out or exercise in here on a regular basis? Okay. So you know, or even if you don't, that's probably even better. If you don't work out um, and, you're, and you walk somewhere, you have to carry something heavy. Uh, in my neighborhood, there's not a lot of parking spots, so I have to park far. I also live on a very large hill, so there's days when I'm walking. Um, and I'm having to walk up that hill, and I am exhausted by the time I've either taken my groceries up or done something. And I, I'm a runner, but still. Um, to be able to run or walk um, and not be tired, uh, that's sort of an amazing feeling that God can give us by waiting on him. That he gives us the ability to not be tired in it. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I'm dealing with anything or I'm worried and in my weight, sometimes I get restless. And I want to take things and matters into my own hands. Um, but that can be tiring. That can be tiring to always try to think about, I need to do this for me. So we're removing the I, um, and we're letting God sort of lead and take the control there. Okay. So God makes waiting possible because it grows us. Um, and he gives us the strength to continue to run when we wait on him. All right. One more thing is that God uses waiting to change us and to display his glory. It reaffirms who we put our trust in. Um, it could also reveal a heart issue. Um, if we don't wait on God's timing, we're really saying that, God, uh, I'm not sure you could make this happen. I'm not sure this is going to work out. So let me take matters into my own hands and let me step in. Um, and I think we're all guilty of doing that at times. Um, be prepared to potentially not like the method uh, or understand the process by which God is taking you through. 
be prepared to not understand that why because sometimes we just don't know why God is doing what he's doing but there's a purpose in it and I want to give you an example um, turn to your Bibles if you have them um, we're just going to look really quickly at uh, John 11 so we two verses here John 11 5 and 6 Um, you guys know the story of Lazarus? And I'll just read this for you. Uh, but if you want to turn there, go for it. I'll wait till some pages start turning. Okay. Um, now, you guys should know the story of Lazarus. Um, but I'm going to just read this one part. Um, but essentially... Uh, Jesus waited a little bit before he went to uh, heal Lazarus. Um, And there was a reason for him waiting. So I'm just going to read this one part, but it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And you go on to read the story that Lazarus dies, and Jesus finally makes it. And they say, Where were you? You know, how come, where have you been? But there was something that Jesus needed to do. Why did Jesus wait those two days? Um, Again, it's to just show his glory by raising Lazarus. There was some bigger purpose for Jesus waiting those two days before he went, um, because they knew he could heal him. It wasn't a doubt that that he could heal him, but there was a wait that needed to happen so that God could show his ultimate uh, display of glory in that particular moment that he could raise him from the dead. So again, God uses waiting to change us. Again, how we wait is a lot about, says a lot about how we think about God. If we think about Sarah and Abraham and having a child, what would have happened if Sarah didn't tell Abraham, or Abraham at the time, to, to, to go be with Hagar? But even in that situation, God still blessed it. And they were able to bear a child. But was there a little bit of laughter? Was there a little bit of, I don't think that this is going to happen, God. Not sure you're going to do this. But there was a blessing in waiting because of Isaac. Now, again, God still blessed Hagar and Ishmael. But what would have happened if they just waited for God to do what he was going to do? So I ask us the same question. When we are thinking about the things that are in our current situations, whether that is ministry, whether that's your job, whether that's waiting to move, waiting to be married, uh, whatever that is, God is using your weight to change you. And he's using it to also display his glory. I often give the example of when I had to wait to be in the job I'm currently in, and now we're going on year eight, and continuing to sort of be elevated in different roles and God has completely blessed me but if you would have asked me eight years ago if I saw this sort of future for myself I would have said absolutely not and the method in which he did it was even crazier because I didn't even come into the role that I'm in now Um, but but he did a lot of things and orchestrated some things and I started looking around like wow that was a blessing he even helped me get out of debt to move to do all of these things and you know I stand here before you because even during that waiting period before I even got the job he started working in me to 
even study the scripture or desire to study it more um, to even be before you today. So knowing, again, that the that God is doing something with us as we wait, um, and that he's using this wait to change you. And again, not waiting on his timing says a lot about what we think about God. So encourage us to continue to, um, to wait on him, and I'll give us some more things. Okay, one more, a couple more things, and I'll be out of here in a minute. Um, waiting prepares us for the future hope to be with him forever. It prepares us for our future hope. Um, if you're writing down these scriptures, Titus 2.13, and it just says, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of our the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. 2.13, no problem. Preparing us for our future hope. Again, this isn't our final destination. If you look at 2 Corinthians 4.17, and again, I'm reading, I'll read all these for you. But it says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Again, an eternal glory that we're looking toward. And then finally, Romans 8.18 8, here. If you think about what this waiting is preparing us for. Um, considering, for I consider that our, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So again, everything that you are dealing with, every circumstance, every um, moment of your life is preparing you for that. It's preparing for this glory that is to be revealed. Again, this future hope to be with him. Um, it, waiting, it also prepares us for other things that God has in store. So when we were looking at Joseph, um, do you if you think about everything that he had gone through when he was um, with his brothers, the whole reason they, they didn't like him for a lot of reasons, but um, he had a dream um, that essentially they were going to bow down to him. And they did not like that. But if you think about from that moment to him actually um, being able to interpret the dream of, of Pharaoh, um, there's that common thread. But he has other things in store for you as you are going through the process. And that was a, one of those stories that I always look at, and I'm like, my goodness, what would I do if I had to sit in jail for something that I did, didn't do? What did I have to do if my family sold me? Um, what, and still trusting that God is going to do something. Still keeping integrity. Um, looking even at Sarah um, and not being able to bear a child, but God saying, I'm going to do it not knowing how that was going to happen, um, still did it. Okay. Again, waiting helps us look more and more like Jesus. Because um, not only did he wait in terms of having to, uh, you know, begin his ministry, um, but again, it sort of removes some of the, uh, the weight from us to do it um, and puts it on him. All right, so a couple more things on what we can do now um, as we think about um, waiting. What can we do? Uh, first thing to remember is that God is a patient God. And he's slow to anger. So if we think about how God is patient with us, should we also be a little bit more patient when we think about um, his timing, that it's not our timing. 
Um, so we know that God is slow to anger. He's abounding in steadfast love. Um, Psalm 103 mentions the fact that the Lord is merciful and gracious. That's gracious, excuse me, slow to anger. Um, in Romans 2.4, it notes that, do you show contempt for riches, the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? That he's patient with us to get things right. Um, we have to remember that he is still working things out. 1 Timothy 1.16, it says, For that very reason, I, show, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. And again, one more, Second Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, some count slowness but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Let's keep reading. It says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, um, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Um, let's, let's scroll down here. Um, 15 says, And count the patience of the Lord as salvation, just as our brother beloved Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. Alright, so we, what we can do we can remember that God is patient, right? Second thing that we can do in our weight is that we can give thanks in everything and we can cultivate a heart of gratitude. You can give thanks while you wait. Now that seems challenging, right? How, do I, how am I supposed to be thankful while I'm waiting? God, I need an answer. Um, but, again, what you do while you wait says a lot about us. But we can be thankful that God is even doing anything. So Colossians 3.15 says this through 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with what? Thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord. Give thanks to God the Father through him. Giving thanks. Again, so give thanks while you're waiting. Cultivate a heart of gratitude and thankfulness for what God is doing right now as he continues to bring you through. All right. Third, this one may be easy. And sounds sounds simple, but it's often one of the hardest things for us to do, and that's pray. Pray. Pray, There's goes with my next one, so I'm going to link them. But pray because we need God's help to understand why we're going through either what we're going through or why we're waiting so long. How come, how come this is taking so long? I don't get it. I'm not quite understanding it. Not that I won't continue in it. But I don't get why it's taking you this long to heal me, taking you this long to bring me a spouse, taking you this long to, you know, whatever it is. You can insert whatever sort of situation it might be for you, whatever that is. Why, God, is it taking you these so long for these things if, that, if those are what you're waiting for? And we have to ask God. We can ask him. He says that we can ask him. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. That's Matthew 7, 
seven, paraphrasing. John 14, 13, it also discusses um, asking. It says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. James 5, 13, says the same thing. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And it goes on from there. Part of that is we should just ask God for wisdom. So if three is to pray, number four is to ask God for wisdom. Now, we are reading in Ecclesiastes, so we know that Solomon asked God for wisdom. And what did he get? He got wisdom. (laughs) He got it, and he got a whole lot more, right? But um, we have to ask God, and in the Greek, that word wisdom is Sophia. So it's God, we need Sophia. We need wisdom to believe that you have a plan. We know it, that you do. But we need your help in seeing what that is, to just wait on you. So we need the wisdom to go through this. And James 1.5 says it. It says, if you lack any wisdom... Let him ask God. That's James 1, 5. Who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So ask God for wisdom. I don't know how you're going to work this all out, but I'm staying committed. I'm trusting and I'm hoping um, that within your infinite wisdom and your sovereignty, that you will help us to continue to, to wait on you. When it feels like, God, you're not texting me back. Another one is continue on. And what I mean by that is don't stop. In times of difficulties, I often feel like, and I'm this way, when you are so either overwhelmed or you're not sure uh, what the future holds, you just kind of sit back. And you're waiting for God to let stuff just happen to you. But sometimes it does require that we still continue to move forward. So, for the example, if you were to need a job, Oh, God, just give me a job, but you're not applying to anything and just sitting in a corner. Mm, I think we still have to move. So I think it still requires an element of us continuing on. Um, I think about the, the with people waiting around. Well, we know God's coming back, so let me just wait around for him to come. No. He's called us to do something very specific. That's to make disciples. Keep on moving. Keep on living. Doing life with one another. We're not called to just sit in a corner and wait for his return, um, we're called to continue to move. So don't stop, even when you're waiting. Waiting doesn't mean just sitting around. Now, there's a counter to that. I think when you are praying and you've got counselors, and there are some times when it is the right thing to not just be doing a bunch of things. But my encouragement for you is to continue to move. Two more, then we're out. The other thought is being joyful. Now, if it was to give thanks was one of them, then if we looked at 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it starts with uh, the fact that we should be joyful, that we should be excited and remember that God has brought us through so many things. And while we don't quite know what is happening with what he's going to do, that we still know that he's working things out. And that there is joy in that. And there's joy in the trials. And there's joy in the process. Not all of these things are bad. Some of the weight is good. It's teaching you something. The job, like I said, the job that I have today, I've had to go through everything 
It's a process, right? Learning the drums. You guys should have heard me 10 years ago. It was terrible. But there's a, a process that you have to go through, and it requires a little bit of practice. Um, it requires that we continue to do things so that it readies us. Um, and there are things that we are waiting for that we aren't quite ready for. And do you know that in your wait, he's preparing you to be ready? So every single moment when you wake up and you're like, I don't know why I'm going to this job I don't like, or I don't know why I'm having to do this over here, know that each one of those moments literally is leading you to what that looks like, to that future. And finally, remember that God is working things out for your good. Romans 8.28 says, We know that for those who love God, all things together work for good for those who are called according to his purpose. He is working it out. He is um, leading us, but we have to remember that his timing is not our timing. And that as we wait, we are renewed as we continue to wait. That he gives us the strength to trust him, to hope in him, to continue to move when we don't feel like we know the direction. He puts people in our lives, counselors, um, the body of believers, uh, to, to help us. Um, and if we wait... Um, and we're committed, and we hang around long enough to watch God work it out. What a testimony is that? What a glorious display of how great God is. When we can say, hey, I am a, a product of God's grace and mercy. Every day we are, but even more so when we um, feel like we are constantly um, sort of waiting for God to move in, in whatever area it may be. Um, God, we're waiting for you to text me back. When he texts me back, um, that is, um, again, an ultimate display of the fact that he is a matchless and perfect God, and he has a plan for each and every one of your lives. Um, so again, my encouragement for us today is that we would um, remember that God is growing us, that every situation that he is putting us through is making us to look more like him and using those instances to show us who he is. That as Christians, waiting is a, is a normal part of our lives. So don't sweat. Sweat it when it feels like he's not uh, answering you because God's working on the answer. All right. I'm going to pray first and then we'll, we'll be out of here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for you are a great and perfect God. And that you are working things out for our good. And even as we wait for you, whether it is to see you again, um, whether it is for you to answer us um, on a number of topics, we know that you um, are a God that answers prayer. You are a God that honors faithfulness. Um, and you will ultimately get the glory. So our prayer is that you would help us to wait. You would help us to see... Um, how great and perfect that you are, and that you would give us every tool, every encouragement we need to read our word, to, to pick up the phone and call someone if we need to talk, um, and that you would just prepare us for that. Um, again, praying for us as we leave here today, that we would hold on to this word, um, we would go out and share it with others, and again, that you would continue to work in each and every one of us. In your name we pray. Amen.